This is the Week in Addiction Medicine, a podcast resource of timely news and top stories brought to you by the American Society of Addiction Medicine, ASAM. Today is Tuesday, June 27th, and I'm Claire Rasmussen. Our lead story this week, Reduced Stress-Related Neural Network Activity Mediates the Effect of Alcohol on Cardiovascular Risk, is in Journal of the American College of Cardiology. This study evaluated whether the association between light and moderate alcohol consumption and major adverse cardiovascular events is mediated by decreased stress-related neural network activity. Alcohol consumption was classified as none, minimal, light-moderate, or high. Light-moderate alcohol consumption was associated with reduced major adverse cardiovascular event risk, in part by lowering activity of a stress-related brain network known for its association with cardiovascular disease. Given alcohol's potential health detriments, new interventions with similar effects on stress-related neural network activity are needed. Next is a study titled Association of Mandatory Warning Signs for Cannabis Use During Pregnancy with Cannabis Use Beliefs and Behaviors in JAMA Network Open. This cross-sectional study investigated whether exposure to warning signs about cannabis use during pregnancy impacted use and beliefs by pregnant women. Items of interest included whether cannabis use during pregnancy is unsafe, should not be penalized, and whether or not it is stigmatized. Living in states that implement warning signs was associated with beliefs that cannabis use during pregnancy was safe and should not be penalized. A new study in molecular psychiatry is titled Cross-Phenotype Relationship Between Opioid Use Disorder and Suicide Attempts. This study investigated the cross-phenotype relationship of the high co-occurrence between suicide attempts and opioid use disorder. It utilized raw phenotypes and genotypes from over 150,000 UK biobank samples and genome-wide association summary statistics from over 600,000 individuals with European ancestry. Strong associations were observed between opioid use disorder and suicide attempts at the phenotypic level and the genetic level. A combination of MR analyses suggested a possible causal association between genetic liability for suicide attempts and opioid use disorder risk. Next, we have a study in neuropsychopharmacology titled Overdose Mortality Rates for Opioids and Stimulant Drugs Are Substantially Higher in Men Than in Women. Using 2020-2021 CDC Wonder data, this study examined differences between males and females in overdose mortality due to opioid and stimulant drugs. Outcome measures included rate of overdose death for synthetic opioids such as fentanyl, heroin, and stimulants such as methamphetamine and cocaine. Across these drug categories, males died from overdoses at rates two to three times greater than females. Across state-level jurisdictions, males were found to be at greater risk of overdose deaths compared to females. A new article in Journal of Addiction Medicine is titled Evidence on Buprenorphine Dose Limits. This study discusses the evidence regarding buprenorphine dosing in the context of the Food and Drug Administration's product label target dose of 16 mg. Early dose recommendations were based on mu receptor occupancy, and FDA buprenorphine literature states that occupancy implies little difference between 16 and 24 mg. However, clinical studies demonstrate effectiveness at higher doses. The authors urged the FDA to reconsider buprenorphine dosing guidance. The next article in JAMA is titled 
Treatments Used Among Adolescent Residential Addiction Treatment Facilities in the U.S. 2022. While buprenorphine is recommended for treatment of adolescents with opioid use disorder, it is unclear how often it is available to adolescents in residential treatment facilities. The authors conducted a secret chopper approach to survey 160 residential treatment facilities and found that 24% offered buprenorphine either at the program or through outside clinicians. Of these facilities, 22% required adolescents to not receive buprenorphine. The authors conclude that adolescents with opioid use disorder face significant barriers in accessing buprenorphine. Our next article, titled Use of a Fitbit-like Device in Rats, Sex Differences, Relation to EEG Sleep, and Use to Measure the Long-Term Effects of Adolescent Ethanol Exposure, is in Alcohol Clinical and Experimental Research. In this study, the authors utilize a Fitbit-like device to track adolescent rat activity patterns during four weeks of alcohol exposure, as well as acute withdrawal and protracted withdrawal. The authors found a decrease in overall activity during the intoxication phase. They also found more episodes of activity of short duration during acute and protracted withdrawal. These findings support evidence of sleep disturbance that can persist after alcohol withdrawal. Our final article, titled Anticipation of Appetitive Operant Action Induces Sustained Dopamine Release in the Nucleus Accumbens, is in the Journal of Neuroscience. This study investigated the details of dopamine release in the nucleus accumbens in response to a cue followed by a food reward. The study found that dopamine increased when light appeared, but dopamine levels were only sustained in an operant conditioning group. This evidence ties the mesolimbic dopamine system to motivation in addition to reinforcement learning. This concludes today's episode of This Week in Addiction Medicine. Remember to subscribe to the ACM Weekly for more exclusive content and our editor's commentary, delivered every Tuesday. Be sure to check us out on social media and ASAM.org. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.